Hey, this is Lori Acker. Welcome to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome back to episode 81 of the Small Church Ministry Podcast. This is part five of a series on volunteers. But for this series, we were looking at volunteers from a leadership perspective in a way that instead of looking at all the things we can do to get them to change or to say yes or to grow in leadership, we're looking at how our becoming, like who we are, actually affects our experiences with volunteers. I promised to address the top three volunteer challenges that small churches report. Number one being that we don't have enough volunteers. Number two, that our volunteers are burnt out. And number three, that our volunteers are unhappy, whether it's unresolved conflict, disunity, disagreeing with vision, unsupportive of leadership or changes. Now, if you've been following the Becoming series, in part one, we really talked about the belief in our own influence. In other words, like to stop blaming other people. Like we blame victims for not showing up or that our ministry is failing or not what we want instead of really looking at the influence we have to change. Part two, we talked about our own beliefs in humans. Like what do we believe about God's creation, about his kids? And that if we really recognized the out of this world potential that every human being has, everyone, like if we could see our own worth and their worth, like we would be seeing the church totally differently. In part three, we talked about empathy, which really is love, and treating the church more like a caring family than a factory of workers trying to produce some results. And last week in part four, we talked about solving issues for now. Like what can we do now that's beautiful instead of focusing on our lack or what we wished we had, or trying to staff a ministry that should take a whole bunch of people with only a few people that we have. So that focus on lack, to change that into doing beautiful ministry now, impactful ministry, Jesus-style ministry, with what God has provided. Now, doesn't all this, just even if we don't even hit episode five, doesn't this sound great? Like today, we're going to specifically address both burnt out and unhappy volunteers. And by the end of this episode, I hope you'll see that we're just wrapping it all together in this beautiful package with like a Jesus style bow on it. But before we get into that, I just want to tell you that this is totally doable. For so many people, when they hear us talking about what we've seen with volunteers and churches that are doing ministry in ways that are refreshing and not exhausting, sometimes they look at us like we're crazy or out of our mind. Because for many churches, this may sound counterculture. Does it sound counterculture to your church also? Or maybe the way you've experienced church? Because a lot of people who serve in ministry— not just in small churches, but often in small churches, we're used to serving in burnout or we're used to serving beyond our own capacity. Or if you're the core volunteer, which you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, you're used to carrying the load that you kind of think others should be carrying. But you are dedicated and you are in it, right? And so a lot of times, many churches, you know, when we think of church ministry, we think of stress and busyness, even if we enjoy it. 
And honestly, sometimes it's even an avoidance, but we'll get to that in another podcast. But a lot of times church ministry really equals stress or it equals busyness or it equals like putting our families on the back burner because we're serving for Jesus. But what I want you to know is it doesn't have to be like this. And this is how I know, because I have gotten to meet some of the most beautiful people on the planet. I really believe this through this mission and ministry of helping small churches. In fact, our monthly network events are really starting to revolve around some of these amazing people, leading voices in small churches all over the world. People interviewed each month with practical help for small churches, ideas that leave people saying, oh, I can do that. Voices of hope with strategies that actually work. And I share this with you for two reasons. Number one, I really think you should join the Small Church Network. And if you want to hear from these leading voices in areas of outreach, congregational care, intergenerational ministry, leading through change, these are conversations we all need and they happen in the network. So if you do want to check out the network, click the link in the show notes or just go visit smallchurchministry.com slash network and you'll learn all about it there. Last month, we got to hear from Jessica Lynn Jackson um, out of Impact Living Ministry in Minneapolis and about the culture that they have cultivated there, a culture of change, and how they've done this and why their church members are less resistant to change in general, and they even expect it, and how it's beautiful and God-led and unifying. Yes, unifying how the community actually comes together in changes. Now, that is really unusual for many, many churches. And this is why these stories are so important. Because when we see other smaller churches doing the unexpected or the unimaginable, then it starts to feel possible. And it doesn't just feel possible, it is possible. And we start to see, oh yeah, I could do that. We could do that. And I'm telling you right now, I know it's possible, even in your church, because there is nothing completely unique about your small church. It doesn't matter if you have 20 people or 200, or if your entire staff is volunteer, or if you're a church plant or a church split. I know you can have an amazing, healthy, positive culture for volunteers. Because this is what we see. This is who we hear from. This is who we feature. This is who we talk to. It's totally possible. You can build the teams you need. Build people who are excited about and loving ministry. And not in a way that burns out the few or overstretches people or causes conflict. But I do want to say this series exists because a healthy culture for volunteers does not start with the strategies. It starts with who we become, with who we are and how we show up because we love other people. So let's talk about those three big challenges again. We don't have enough volunteers. Our volunteers are burnt out. Our volunteers are unhappy. If you've gotten your beliefs lined up to stop blaming everybody else and judging them or labeling them, if you're ready to embrace your influence as a leader and be an agent of change instead of a victim, if you've shifted to seeing the amazing potential of these people created in God's image, including yourself, if you've shifted to thinking family instead of factory, that empathy is just as important as efficiency. And if you're ready to focus on what you can do 
instead of everything you're lacking? That is already a lot of becoming. Like we are on our way. All those things influence, absolutely, hands down influence, the number of volunteers you have, whether your volunteers are burnt out or unhappy or whether they're thriving and becoming who God has really created us all to be. Now, maybe you can totally see how this affects your volunteers that are coming in. As we become better people, others want to be around us more. We'll be more patient and kind. Honestly, we'll even be more focused on them and their needs and not just what we need from them to keep this program going. So how does our becoming affect the volunteers who are burnt out or exhausted or those who are crabby or just not supported or even those who hold grudges? Well, here's the thing. As we become people who not only love God, but love people, we're going first. We're modeling it. You get to model for them healthy boundaries and not doing all the things, but doing the right things. You get to model becoming the person who chooses priority instead of spreading yourself so thin that nothing is excellent. Like maybe all the balls are still in the air, but they're not looking so pretty. Like we need to be the people who are serving well, not serving too much, but serving well. So as we serve well, we can reach out to others with grace, the people who need to pull back too. So catch this. Here's the empathy. You can say things like, I totally get why you want to do it all. I've been there too. But it's just not your responsibility to do it all. Like, what if we all just did our part and not all the other parts? Can we model healthy ministry and help lead people as we do? I know we can, because again, I've seen it. As far as unity and conflict and unresolved hurt, our view of people and potential and empathy and care, what happens? Like, if you put relationships first... What if we acknowledge the elephant in the room if there's conflict or disunity? What if we led the charge of slowing things down so we don't leave people behind? Because these are things that create a healthy church culture. And it really does start with one person. One person getting healthier in a church affects the church. One person learning some great people skills. One person listening and leading the way toward repair where there's hurt. In a lot of churches, this is not what's leading the way. I think many church experiences either feel more like a bulldozer or more like, I don't know, ignoring things and shoving them under the rug. Like, have you ever been part of a bulldozer experience where something's just plowing through and it doesn't matter what's in its path, this change or this idea or this vision, and people are literally bulldozed. Or the other thing I think we see a lot in churches is when we ignore things or we think time heals all wounds and we just shove things under the rug. Well, what happens then is there's festering. And if you do ignore something long enough, sometimes it does go away but it leaves a lot of hurt behind. Honestly, it usually ends up with people leaving the church eventually and feeling so hurt, not just by people, but by the church. And this is a reflection of the body of Christ. So this is why we need to start on our becoming and not just on all those amazing skills. And I can teach you skills.
But I hope you see that this is first. This episode today is a, is a little bit shorter, and it's kind of shorter on purpose, because I hope you will consider this becoming and make a little space just to take a breath. When we try to learn strategies to sign up more volunteers and develop a training process and volunteer policies and delegating and accountability, these are good things. They will help. But if you don't have love, like, do you see it? If I spin more ministry plates than any other human, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of planning the best events and can fathom all obstacles and troubleshoot like crazy, but have not love, I'm nothing If I give all my time and energy to every ministry effort and give over my body to exhaustion, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is also not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are programs, they will cease. Where there are mad ministry skills, they will be stilled. Where there is the greatest knowledge of managing volunteers, it will pass away. For we know in part and we minister in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I grew up, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. And then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part and then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Can we take some of those words and principles and truth from 1 Corinthians 13? Can we put them into our church settings, our ministry settings, our volunteer settings, and see that all those skills, if we're not starting with love, love for those people we are serving, love for those people we want to serve with us, love for ourselves. Mark 12, 30 through 31 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. Love, respect, value. Can we love and value and respect others as well as who God created us to be? Considering our influence that he created in us as well as our God-given limits. Can we value people as well as ourselves with love and compassion and grace? Can we stop blaming them? Can we see their potential, their worth? Can we express empathy and love and how much we have in common? 
Can we be looking at what God's provided and solve for now? As we honor people serving within our own limits with love, not burning people out, not putting unrealistic expectations on others or on the church. Can we just keep relationships first? Like, don't you think the church would be such a better place if we valued everyone of God's children more than programs, more than perfection, more than our plans? Now, I truly think programs are important as well as ministry skills. As we are building small church ministry and impacting truly people all around the globe, we are teaching ministry skills. We can talk about better outreach, better skills, better children's ministry, better youth ministry, better discipleship. We can teach how to speak better, how to facilitate better, how to grow in confidence as you lead better. In fact, I value these skills so much that we're actually getting ready to unveil a plan for a whole new arm in small church ministry that's going to package these skills in really focused ways for quicker wins and quicker momentum in very specific ministry areas. So to take general ministry skills and principles and apply them directly to children's ministry or worship or outreach, because it matters doing ministry well. But I just can't go into that skill development without talking first about the importance of this, because it all starts with loving people and loving ourselves in a way that honors the limits as well as the influence that God created us to have. So as you hear more in future months about more skills and great ideas for programs and who's doing what, where, and what's working well in small churches. Can we just agree to put people first and programs second? Love comes first, ministry results are second. I hope this episode resonated with you in a way that leaves you taking a deep breath and smiling. As we end this series about becoming, I hope this has has left you hopeful, like to say, yes, I can do this well. I can love people well. While I'm learning more about volunteers and people aren't signing up, I can still love. I can love very well. And that's better. It's more important. While I'm growing in confidence that I can lead a ministry, while I'm doing that, I can love well. Along the way, I can love others well. While I'm learning how to worship lead or pick songs better or lead a lock-in or run my first women's retreat, while I'm learning those skills, I can do this foundational thing well. I can love others. I can keep people first while I'm spinning the plates and maybe even learning to put down a few of those plates at the same time. We have got lots more for you in the coming weeks. We have interviews coming up with Laura Howe from Hope Made Strong, with Brittany Nelson from Deeper Kidmen, with Brian. Oh, I probably shouldn't even say that yet because he hasn't totally agreed, but I'm totally getting him on the podcast soon. So we have lots of amazing interviews coming up on Small Church Ministry Podcast. We hope you are sharing the, the episodes that like are hitting your heart, maybe making a change in your mind, uh, in the way that you're framing ministry. I really pray that you are sharing these episodes with one other person in your church, in another small church, 
And honestly, I cannot wait to hear what God does in you and through you in your church. Please share your stories. We love to share the stories. If you are not yet in our free Facebook community, Creative Solutions for Small Churches, please pop in there. Share your stories, share your ministry wins, share what is working well, because we know God is at work in your space, because that's what God does. So pick one of the ways that he's working in your space, in your small church, and share it with us. We can't wait to hear. Until next week, just go out and be a light.